you were really far, far farty. I really liked your set. Really farty set. Hey, good, good set. Good set. Really farty material out there. Hey, oh, you're still doing more open mic analysis. Uh, great set. Great set. And those great. weren't pity pukes. I was really disgusted. So, so Chief opens up, pours the liquid, sees the girl, stick his at, her ass out. He's like, I got to see this. And right. And the dog and drinks The dog it. drinks it so we can get a payoff joke. The dog vomits. Is there going to be a dog's breakfast involved in this? Now, Gross Out still doesn't have the formula in him. So you see how the plot doesn't really make sense. They've got this ace in the hole. He he was off stage and could have drank it, but the chief latrine didn't give it to him to drink. It doesn't make sense. Oh, oh no, they was giving, the dog farted across the They threw a dog across the room. They did throw a dog. Is that also a Howard the Duck? Like Look at this horrible acting. That's like a 1979 thermos. Sure. Okay, this must be the fart-offs. Because See, she I gotta pass that. Oh, it's, oh, they must be playing the music, right? Hey, you paid money. Our show is called King Frat. It's now, so crazy. The whole film they play, it's a disco song, right? King Frat. Oh, yeah. King Frat. Oh, no. King it's frat. totally appropriate for being 1979. When they start playing it at the party scene, it's going boom, 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 boom. You know, it's, it's that disco beat. Nothing will take us apart. Fart, 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 fart. I wrote the lyrics to King Frat. It's about the uh, good times. These are the good times. It's that kind of disco. Fart, 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 fart. Fart, fart, fart. fart. So he's gonna stick uh, like a bird whistle up his uh, uh Yeah, I didn't down. get that. Oh, this is not. Oh, it's just. I. It's. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. It's the joke. The know, fart didn't land. The fart didn't land. It's today's audiences. They're different. You know, yeah, audiences the evolve. fart didn't land in today's audiences. You have to know your audience. Okay, you gotta meet your audience halfway at a fart contest. Right. The kids love the squeakers. They think it's funny. It's they love the squeakers. Yeah, they don't appreciate, you know, it's a different generation. They don't appreciate the real deep farts. You know, the girls they picked up at the Chinese restaurant, she only smiles when women fart. I've seen that. That's, that's the only notes they have in this entire movie. But she's really into it now. Yeah, she's she only smiles at other Asian lady farting. Um, okay, now we're getting the, okay, what was it about the whistle? Because he's struggling. Oh, draws mud. mud. I draw mud. You drew mud. That's funny. Shark. That was the 70s version of Shark. You drew mud. (laughs) Okay, now he wants the cop to do his dirty work and go bust up the frat. What in the world did this guy write? You know what I mean? If there's no script. I. I, I, Oh, well, he wrote, have you ever seen Meatballs 2? Mm-hmm. So it's like Pee Wee Herman's the bus driver. Richard Mulligan is the camp director. I'm, I'm saying in this actual film we're watching right now, uh-huh. this pretty serious dialogue. He must have written this. Yeah, like, well, I mean, technically, John Landis wrote this. This is Chris Miller. <laughs> uh, this is Ivan Reifman. Who else wrote Animal House? Okay, now this guy, his name is Doug Doyle. No, no, Dan Fitzgerald is the actor's name. 
He was in her Police Academy 5 assignment, Miami Beach. Right, yeah, they went to a convention in Miami Beach. It's the first time they they called out of the United States, so they're not from Miami Beach. That's his big movie, Everything Else You Never Heard of. Super Fuzz, maybe you've heard of. Yeah, sure, I know Super Fuzz. So this is the Losers Party? Are they doing the Losers Dance? No, this is not. That was our Fishburgers dance. This yeah, is a winner's party. No, it's a loser's party. They lost. They got second place. You mean in the fart contest? This isn't yeah. the fart contest. It's just the, look how they're in, you know, they're not in togas, but he's in a toga. He is in a toga. It's a direct, re- oh, he's not in a toga. What am I talking about? No, he's now, the keyboard player there. Right? Uh-huh. Okay. His name, where is he? Where is he? Here he is. His name is Chuck DeModica. He was the keyboard player and the singer for the band in the party scene. He he says, when the movie was finally released, I went to see it at a midnight showing in Fort Lauderdale with several friends. Besides the four of us, there were probably 10 other people in the theater, not including the usher. Remember, there used to be ushers. When the movie was over, we were exiting the theater. The usher asked me if I wanted a paper bag for my head. He recognized me from the party scene. Wow. Wow. Jesus Christ. Now, you were a movie usher. Yes. I never uh, said that to anyone. Here's more information about that viewing. It's from a different internet source. He and his parents went to see the film when it came out in the area. The audience reaction is about what you'd expect. Thrown popcorn, soda, and even a few tomatoes. Now, who brings a tomato? It's not the truth. Well, it's Florida. And then it tells the Usher story again. So that's his claim to fame, and he had a good night out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't wait to tell the story to your grandkids. Yeah, we went to a movie, and they threw stuff at the film, and then the guy said, well, I want a paper bag. Now, a paper bag comes into this film later. It's a scene you miss. There he is. He's playing. What is he doing? Is he drunk? He's, that's I don't know. Shit. Like, Why is it comical? It's not his personality. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Is, are they going to tell jokes like in laughing? They'll be like doing that's 70s... Fun. Here's my impression of 1970s laughing. Dee, 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 dee. See hey, that monkey? Dave, man, Dave's not higher. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that monkey was a little aggressive. Yeah, he, yeah. he grabbed her boob. This movie's horrible. Horrible. So is that V guitar. All V guitars are horrible. No, man, it's a good investment. You're going to get a lot of years of productivity with a V guitar. Now, you there is older, a- your knees hurt. In the song, there's a woman singing, and you don't see a woman in the band at all. There is no drummer. Okay, oh, now, no. the old girlfriend is going to try to talk him back into getting together, but he's like, I love my new girlfriend. What's her name? Griselda? What'd you say? Griselda. Griselda. Yeah, he. I love Griselda. She doesn't talk back. All this. Oh, yeah. You remember it makes the noise, I love you. It says little catchphrases. He says, it creeps uh, back. Oh, this guy. Whoa, boobies, finally. Like, it's all farts in this movie. There's, like, no boobs. Yeah, this movie really did heavily, you know, do the nose picking and throwing up and farting and burping. It didn't go to the sex comedy like right. you would expect. 
So what happens now after this fart competition is over? What next, Carl? Well, uh, there will be a uh, um, party trip to the hospital when two people are connected. Look, see them screwing in the bathtub? That was not in the drive-in theater. Uh, okay, this film was actually popular in Australia and okay. England. In England, they don't have fraternities. And frat movies are always a hit in England. They don't have that, and they, they wish they did or something. And um, in the UK version, they showed it all, including the other scene I was talking about later, okay? So we're watching the UK version, and we're glad we are, because otherwise they oh. cut that scene out. Right. I, I think they digitally erased them from the bathtub. <laughs> Oh, so that guy's a spy at night. I forget that. Yeah, you know, we see uh, a guy fell out. He goes, Chief, I'm out. No, not Chief. Dean? <laughs> Dean the Worm? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, there he is on the other side. That's right. Yeah, he goes, uh, a guy rolls out the window and lands on him. And he, the, the guy goes, thanks for doing that. Like, you're a good night. Good night. Well, good night. <laughs> Or belly dancing. Now they they spent a hundred thousand dollars to make this film. That's uh, about right. That's the money in can this it was Canadian dollars. They had to change it to American. But the Canadian financers put up a hundred thousand dollars and the producers ran with it. They just went to make a quick cash in on the you know, you saw Animal House, then you see a poster for another frat house movie and you're in the mood. Right. Well, you know, part of the great things about the 21st century is that things, you know, the internet, things don't disappear. Yeah. These, these movies were probably meant for a drive-in and gone, you know. Yeah. And then they stayed around, like, I remember the video box. And this is total video fodder. So no, was, Well, this, this movie was a hit. It did make money. Not, no, no, no. Let me back that up. This movie was a moneymaker for everyone involved. And that's because they only spent $100,000 on the, you know. Right, sure. Um, it did a modestly profitable run on the drive-in circuit, and it did good money in video. Uh, and it was made for less than 100000 Less than. Have you ever... Well, actually, I, I take it back. I first watched this up until the farting contest on 2BTV. T-U-B-I. Mm -hmm. TV. Now, they're stealing the big penis little boy. They, is, they ripped the dick off. Yeah, that this is, is good. The good frats are there. TV, the TV, TV has advertisements that are, are interspersed throughout the movie. So you haven't experienced a farting contest that gets interrupted and then Downey and Gain detergent commercials play. <laughs> and they're like, keep away from kids. I'm like, no, keep the kids away from the farting contest. Like, yeah, um, I would have them eat Tide Pods all day if they don't go to them. <laughs> <laughs> like your priorities are fucked. Well, it was like Tide Pod at commercials in between the farting contest. So thank you, TVTV, for that. Thank you, TV. Yeah. What? Good now, night. Let's see. Let's see. This cop, he's uh, Tom Tully as Officer Percy from Chicago. Um, Actor, writer known for the Mothman Prophecies 2002, who finds it? Who 
finds a friend, finds a treasure in 81 and Freddy of the Jungle. I guess we don't, he doesn't have any credit that's right. like something you saw him on the big screen. Oh, wait, this is Animal House. Animal House. Animal House, Pluto's at the window. Now, anytime a window, anytime it goes up, it's going to slam down. And that's our joke that even happened in the general, right? Right. The general, Buster Keaton was taking a leak off the general train. <laughs> he had the window open of the compartment. When he rescued his damsel in distress, do you remember? That was the funniest scene of the movie because he told her to be quiet. Then he knocked over a table and then he turned back to her and told her to be quiet. <laughs> you remember that scene? Yeah. Right. Well, anyway. Remember- a door, the, the the window cell fell down on his fingers. I don't know. It's it's not his fingers. It's supposed to be his dick, right? Oh, was, my mistake. And then and then his girlfriend Stinky was outside waiting for the sound. He's like, I love it. I hear you scream when the window pane hits your urinating penis out the window. <laughs> you see, they broke off the penis and they're inspecting it now. So it's a police report, campus police police report about the missing statue. And That's they Percy. It was. He has a name. That's Officer Percy. Oh, my mistake. I didn't. I didn't mean. I did. I didn't say Percy per se. He was yeah, his yeah. Uh, acting yeah. credits include yeah. Canadian uh, candid camera. No, only the money was Canada. Only the money was Canada. This was all, all Florida. Okay, uh, now they're gonna like. They've got a search warrant, and they're going to look for the uh, statue, and they have the right to be there, but somehow they're sneaking in anyway. Whose kitchen looked like that? I'll tell you after the show, Carl. Give me a hint, though. I can't. I can't. Well, I, I, we've done this show for five years. I always regret what I, I dish about Montclair, New Jersey. From okay, what, were they, they were from Montclair. Were they from yeah. my neck of the woods? They weren't from over by the path, Mark. No, they they were walking distance from where I was. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. His father was a professor. That's me. Oh shit! <laughs> now they they don't drink any hard liquor here at the frat house. No, it's all time. about beer, and then you puke up and make room. Do you remember my kitchen was uh, slanted? It was tilted. Like, if you put a baseball on the floor, it would roll a direction. I have distinct memory of your kitchen. We shot a lot of stuff there. I shot uh, a hostage video for the show in front of your refrigerator. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 You also got uh, electroshock therapy. That's right. Well, that kitchen table, that that should get a, an award. I think that you could go <laughs> to the Academy Museum, and it's on display, like, I see the 17,000 fish burger sketches. Right. The kitchen table. With those gingham curtains. Yeah, the, the gingham. And the bathroom right right off of the kitchen, right? That got a lot of play, right? That oh, got... well, in Hamlet, I was sitting on the toilet. Right. Yeah. And then there was the uh, choking your chicken, one, the robot one. Yeah, it, that was a little weird. Curled up. I made you a nice bed. It's a warm... Remember <laughs> the bathtub? Right, you, you, you. I made you a warm, and I, I, I showed you the bathtub yeah, for you, you to sleep. You meant to say I made you a warm bed, but I right. saw in your eyes you were in the scene. I was rolling. You said I made you a warm, and you looked down. It was not a bed; it's a bathtub. So you just stop talking. I made you a warm. <laughs> that was so funny. 
Oh man, everything's funnier than this fucking movie. But you can't be scripted. Just whatever comes <laughs> out. I did have a chance to perform someone's bit and uh, wrote it was really funny and I fucked up a line. I'm like, oh well, <laughs> you know, like shit. We've been there before. Yeah. Whoa, it's beer. How did they do that? Fibber McGee, they have Fibber McGee, this is an intervention. Well, what do you mean? Well, I opened your closet and 6,000 empty beer cans fell out. Yeah, they're empty. What's the big deal? <laughs> what? It, did it hurt? No, they were empty. It would have hurt. Me, man. Oh, yeah. This I is love the... you. I'm Griselda. Oh, yeah, that's it. They, he's talking. You know, Officer Tully maybe is okay, right? As an actor, his stuff is a little funny. Who? Toby McGuire? <laughs> Officer Tully here. You just corrected me to say it properly. Is he Officer? Percy. Officer oh, Percy. Oh, so Percy. Percy. Right. Yeah, because you're like that cop. The guy has a name. He's been working Yellow Stream community for years. Does he? Does he really? <laughs> it, it's it, He did have an IMDB entry. Okay, oh, right. so he comes down with the she, he's going to pop it, and then Grossout's going to call him a murderer. Oh, no, he shot it. Wait a minute. Hang on. He took a gun, what? and he shot a boom mic. I saw the boom mic. Oh, my God. I missed it. Okay. First of all, it shot across to him, and Grossout made a perfect catch. What a good scene. But then the boom mic zoomed over to him. We don't have time, Carl. Now, this is, again, another scene we saw in Animal House. Right, yeah. A, a girl in the window. Right. He was on a ladder, not a tree, but still. Now, trading places with the gorilla suit was uh, 83. He's only he's only in a gorilla suit because there was a costume party. I doubt they said, hey, well, Schlock. John Landis made a movie called Banana Monster, a.k.a. Yeah. Schlock, and he dressed up in a gorilla suit. That was the movie, and that was the seventies film. Block. Yeah, yeah, it's the first film, maybe. I think I don't think I ever made it through it. He he's our our Star Trek connection, Mister Schlock. Who John Landis or Mister Schlock? From, he was from Vulcan. No, never mind me. I'm trying to be funny. It's not working. I just well, don't it, like that it's the same thing we saw in Animal House. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm mad at this movie on a lot of levels, and I really hate that you made me watch it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's perfect. Yeah. You can you blame me? perfect for your show. Can you blame me? It's called King Frat. It's from yeah. 1979. Right, right, right. And it's on YouTube, and it's the uncut version. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, you got to take the garters on or off. Take them off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, in Animal House, it was like she was obviously going to masturbate. Right. Well, oh. no, I saw Animal House on ABC. She was going to read a book. So she she <laughs> blinked, and then they were cut to another scene. And then he fell. Right. She looked out the window. Ah. There's a monkey. Oh, this, the TV. Uh, what do you think of those wipes? Yeah, you hate. Yeah, them. the wipes. Wipes. They're all right, but they need a little sound effect. What do you mean? Little Tell Batman me. sound. 
Oh, no, it's not Tommy. It's not Tommy. That's Tommy. Who is it? Is it... Uh, see here. There's Kevin. Oh, is it Fred? It must... Oh, it was Kevin. Maybe Kevin. It could be Kevin or Fred. Fred was the lumberjack, you said. Well, Fred was the guy who popped up to eat some of Grosso's food. Okay. That guy was in Nothing You Know. Super Vixens, actually. You probably know Super Vixens. Thank yeah, that's Super a Russ Meyer film. Yeah, he was in that, 75. Never saw it. Gorilla Down. I think I was going to pick that for the show, right? And we couldn't find the right version or something? You know, the ambulance is going to take him first to the costume rental shop and then to the hospital. <laughs> right, you're not appropriately dressed for the emergency room. You got to get it back by midnight or they're going to charge you another day. Okay, now what happens is... The guy struggles in pain, and so the woman like unbuttons his shirt. So he, you know, and so he's, I'm burning up. Like, takes the suit off, and then like he she gets on top of him to help him somehow. But his erection goes boing up into her, and he has such an erection that they are stuck. Okay, that's what's going to happen here. Wait a minute, really? Yeah. That's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't plan this. Right. Didn't plan it. She's trying. Look, she's getting on just to try to unzip it. That's right. all. Yes. Uh, nice hairy chest. Better, right? Yes. Right. Yes. And then it goes a wang and pops right up. It just coincidentally. Oh, we got to hear the sound, right? I guess. There was no clothes involved somehow. Well, it, his erection broke through. Broke through. Mm -hmm. His gorilla costume. And uh, through whatever co she was, uh, you know, unconsensually pierced her. Boing. Now, in the American version, the ambulance driver looks back and it looks like they're doing it, but you don't see that. They cut back to him looking forward, like embarrassed, you know. But the right. UK version, look at this fake car. They cut this whole out on ABC when they aired King Crat. <laughs> I mean, they, you never hear a fart. You hear bleep. It was uh, Sunday. And yeah, it was it. Disney. Oh, they're looking back. Oh, so that scene was cut. Yeah, but luckily we see the UK version, so we get to see everything. Now, this guy's story is, I just can't pee, okay? Really? Yeah. And the wife is there trying to help him. Now, I go out to the waiting room, and look, okay, she's so embarrassed that she's going to be wheeled in on a gurney up to a gorilla in a fornicating act, right? That they can't right. get out of. So I get the premise. They will put a bag over her head so she doesn't need to be embarrassed. Oh, you can see who it is. So they roll past the old couple, and the wife goes, She must be really ugly. <laughs> put a bag over yeah, fucking a gorilla. Maybe we should listen to the audio at that time, at that time. Okay. So they're like, We appreciate you can't pee, but there's a real emergency. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. Real 
Yeah, if he low. would just finish, it would go down. Oh, is that the thing? Or I thought he was finished. He was asleep. No, but it's 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 it, I, the way I used to work in my twenties was after right. it came, it went. I mean, it, was, it, was that consensual? It wasn't. It was an accident. It was not on either person. Nobody tricked anyone into an mm -hmm. unconsensual. Yeah, P cover my face, but I don't mind my boobs being out. Well, that's the weird thing. She showed her boobs in the window, got upset that someone was watching, ran down when the gorilla <laughs> fell, and she was got her so, boobs out. Yeah, got her boobs out, and then winds up having. Uh... Now, what do you think's really going on with the male actor? Right, he's a human being. I mean, they're not stuck together, but I mean, you know, right? He's getting right. a little pressure right now. I mean, it must not be a bad gig. Okay, turn on the sound really because she's gonna be fine. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. No, no, it's coming just... up again. Oh no, you're right. You missed it. You kids are something else. You run around and think everything I don't know if that's funny, but it was funny when she said she must be really ugly. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, that's... I thought the next joke would be they she would go in to help with him losing an erection, like right. right. Get, yeah, would go, but they didn't do that. They just pop. They made a cork. It's just an excuse to see areolas. Well, I mean, it's like, here's the premise. She's stuck, and you need to, to physically pull her off, and you need to hold them down. So they all heard a, you know, a pop noise. Did they? There's the uh, dead dean or president. Oh, uh, they keep it. goes occupied. You know, there's a dead body in their frat house? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, it's been days. Ben days. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I, that's the first reference in a while. Yo, I love that fart contest. And sitting next to you watching Gross Out E just gets me turned on. Now, this running gag is she is a virgin. And so yeah, he, was, he was talking her up about that at the fart contest. He's like, yeah. I just came here to watch the fart contest. You know, we're sitting in the audience. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's all I got. These happy days, they go on and on. Okay, right. now they're finding right. out that he's a virgin. And so they're going to go take care of that by bringing him to Right like now. They're going to drive him right now in real time to a brothel. That's mm -hmm. it. We're going to Las Vegas. Oh, we're going to deep Florida. Oh, they're going to Angel Beach, the, the Porkies. <laughs> Angel That's Beach, right. Florida. Yeah. You boys want the Porky special? Yes, sir. That's the Porky special is when you're with a prostitute and Porkies, and then the, the husband comes home and scares <laughs> your naked ass out. And then they're all in on the gag and they all laugh at you. Now he's trying to back out. You know, he's scared. He's like, maybe I need to wait a little. Oh, Ooh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis yeah. Hopper's cameo. Was that Dave Berg from Mad Magazine, the lighter side of? I Oh, right. Dave yeah, Berg. Later, 
Hi, I'm a pretend. Uh, a pretend brothel. How can I help you? I'm here to see the pretend ma madam speaking. <laughs> Look at the awful wallpaper. My God. That's brothel wallpaper. Listen, you <laughs> yeah. No, you don't live in Florida in Angel Beach. In 80 in 79. This is um the sound studio, sound stage. That oh, the yeah, it sure shows about, it. I guess. Yeah, it sure shows it. Sweet. Sweet. Holy dog's hair. All right. So now they diss these girls by saying, saying he wants something really special. And so they're like, they call up another girl to come here. Don't you think that's offensive to the, you know, Laverne and Shirley here? Yeah, well, they're, 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 they're date masters. Egging me. What's his name? Save a tree, eat a beaver. That's a 70s t-shirt. <laughs> Save a tree, eat a beaver. Oh. Oh, yeah, that go. was inappropriate. He, was, he went immediately, I'm going to punch you. Now, if they had a good budget, they would have put in the sound effect. Honka, honka. Well, I mean, if this was a real bordello, they would have probably kicked him out. Right, you can't act inappropriate. Yeah, you can't handle <laughs> Right. Handle you just merchandise. respectfully pay the money. Right. Uh, the director worked on an early draft of the script for Brian De Palma's body double, but didn't receive an on-screen credit. Oh, really? The director, Brian De Palma, has a body double? Who collects scripts? Uh, more recently... This director has been editing, direct, either directing or producing episodes of the documentary TV series U.S. Marshals, The Real Story, and Breaking Vegas. So I guess he's still working today. Well, that's good. He, he dropped out of college, and he went to New York. He was from Ohio, and he went to New York to work as a mailboy for CBS television. He worked his way up from gopher to editor, eventually became a news producer, Studied film at Columbia, movie critic Andrew Saris. Do you know that yeah. name? Yeah, yeah, from the Village Voice. He was a, one of his professors. I don't know why that should be on his credits. Um, it's an honor. He made his promising feature debut. Yeah, but why credit? And one time I opened the door for Amy Schumer. I mean, why credit that guy on this guy's resume? Um, it implies that all the knowledge that 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 guy had went into him. Right, sure. Uh, made a promising feature debut, director and co-writer of the supremely eerie and effective Nazi zombie horror winner, Shockwave. Oh. Anyway, in the end, he got to direct a major motion picture, and that was um, Dark Tower. Yeah, which was, well, wasn't Dark Tower like 18 books long? movie was a nice 97 minute long or 128 minute long that movie. movie was just a shoot 'em up movie you know yeah and none of the characters had any they were all two-dimensional characters now that's the virgin right she what? was the special one that he invited over you see so his heart is broken because the girl who wanted to stay a virgin really was a prostitute wait so she was lying to him she, she, right yeah. why why well because he was special no, until but, he went to his work 
It's such a special one second of shock on the film. Oh, look, there's young Kevin Bacon. <laughs> They're going to fuck up the frat because they stole their... Now, the uh, way they're going to provoke the frat to come over is to beat the shit out of this guy. Flash. Do they finally realize he's in the other fraternity? No, they, they've they always known. I don't know the answer. I thought they always knew it, and they were, they were, you know, he just worked there to come. I don't know. Here comes a punch that doesn't make contact. I'll, I'll do the sound effect for it. Okay. All right. By the way, that's another feature of your house. You can hang it on your roof. Remember that. Listen, you want to go out and have a cigarette? Go just open up the window. Hang it on the couch. Now, the cops went looking, or the dean and the one cop officer, per se, uh, went looking for that statue. Clearly, they didn't find it. This seems like the scene. Yeah, he's going to come they in. They beat up Pluto, right? Oh, or no. no. They, didn't they beat up the other guy in Animal House? And he comes back and they're like, that's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Look, he's got the guitar like in Animal House. Everything about Animal House, they just. Well, Grossetter is going to give a speech about Germans bombing Pearl Harbor. <clears throat> Yeah, that was good. You know, when it cut away and he goes, Germans, he goes, let them riff. I don't even think they needed that. I think everyone got the joke, you know? No, they, yeah, but it, that, that line gets quoted as well. A lot. Classic line. Oh. oh, well, that's the end of that statue. Oh, so much for that argument. Wow, this now, movie. here he is, drunk. Going, we're King Frat. Go ahead. Why don't you listen? Because this is how the film got named. Audience, I'm sorry that you had to watch this film. Show your faces, you chicken shit faggots. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah. But take yourself so goddamn serious. Here comes King Frat. Shit. But you're a bunch of shit. And that's. Probably going to be shoveling that shit. Horrible summer. Sounds like shit to me, boy. Ha 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 ha. Here we go. Big fucking ideal neck. I got a present for you. Is he going to fart? That would be perfect. Want the rest of your precious statue back? Oh. You know where to find it. It's my cap house. There we go. That's our title. That's our title. And you see how they put in the curse word, you know, the symbols, King Fucking Frat. That's so it is a reference to the movie. The poster is canon. I did notice that the title on the movie poster is King and then the uh, cartoon curse. Yeah, we call it King Frat because what else can you call it? I mean, you can't say King, King Fucking Frat. Yeah. King Uh-oh, here comes the parade, the Doomsmobile. Including Doomsmobile. You know, I always tell you this, that my favorite joke from that magazine was their parody of Animal House, yeah. where he goes, uh, I'll have 4,000 marbles. And the guy goes, that's too gross. He goes, nothing's too gross for this movie. 
<laughs> I remember Animal House parody in Mad Magazine. I, I read that too. I used to read Mad and Crack. Right, sure. You didn't read Crazy? Oh, yeah, Crazy. Uh, yeah, Mar I guess I Marvel's did. Marvel Comics version of Crack and Mad. I didn't, I guess, I don't have a strong memory of it, so I guess I do remember reading that. Oh, I had a memory of it. It was just kind of a gross. Rock show the clown. They had King, uh, Teen Hulk, where he would get really upset about things. Yeah. And the joke was it was immature and. Yeah. He was Hulk. Okay, so this is our big finale. And, you know, here comes a fake uh -oh. pop car with a yellow siren, right? Oh, they got the megaphone. Yeah. De escalate the situation. Right. Like he's De escalate. Remain calm. <laughs> Percy. Finally, the football helmet guy has a purpose. I'm Dean Dewormer. Uh-oh. Are they the same frat? Oh, no. no, that's Jock. Right. His name is Jock. Here comes Did the same ambulance, the same guys. Uh-huh. Hundred they grand. Clean? They did they did use like Febreze in the back of that uh, van after after <laughs> I don't think Febreze existed in 70. They probably had Lysol. Like an aerosol spray can. With the CFC, CDCs, CFCs. Yes, yeah, and, and Floral, no seatbelts. And no seatbelts in right. an ambulance. Whoa, he's on the stretchers and zooming along. Yeah, I saw it. I said, man, that's a stretch. Punch the gorilla. Right, but it was Look, the, the gorilla guy. Uh-oh, here we go again. Oh, no, don't let her sit on him. So the joke here is the, the ambulance is just cleaning up the wounded. They just, someone goes down and they put him in the back. Oh, so there's more than one person in there. Oh, yeah, there's going to be lots. They they go and pick up. All right, Ty's. We're doing all right. He didn't even get the other one. Man, this is terrible, Carl. This movie. Yeah, it's awful. It's not watchable. But there were movies like this. And, and I have to tell you, like, thank you, 2B TV, for, for being there for me, for having this movie. <laughs> You love and, to be. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is a crap you see on Amazon Prime. Like, these terrible films, bottom of the shelf video rentals with like half ass graphics. See the next person. Uh, <laughs> they need that stretcher, so they just roll them out. Whoa! Yeah, if you introduce a fart in the first act, like, it's your fart finale. Yeah. Fire. Fire no. One time One I was with time. Marcus on uh, Forest Street and we were watching TV and that came up. And I was like, that can't be real, that it's really flammable. He goes, no, 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 it is. I said, bullshit. He goes, well, try uh -huh. I said, try it. He goes, we'll do it. So <laughs> we were on the couch. So I took my lighter from cigarettes. I put it by my butt. I lit it. And this, like, wow, the flame. It was the, and the smell, Mike. It was the most disgusting experience. I will never again. 
Well, you can burn your 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 tingle hairs, your little your little curlies. Well, I'm glad I didn't. I was yeah. pants. I will never find out again because I could not believe it. Okay, so the smell of charred taint. Oh, we're in the, okay. Sorry, I was talking something. And Dean is gonna throw the book at him, or gonna try to get the judge to. Oh, so this is Animal House once again. Remember they sang and marched out? Yep, this whole thing is Animal House. Oh, I think he got injured because he has a, a bandage on his nose. On his nose, yeah, yeah. butterfly. Oh, snobs versus slobs. They're, they never sit in the Don't same aisles. Don't eat it. He flicked it. It was an affliction. Okay. Affliction. Nerds sit on the stage right. Uh, snobs sit on the stage left. Oh, man. Nice pajama bottoms. That's kind of a class act to go in for wearing pajama You know bottoms. how stage left is really, you know, it's from your perspective standing on the stage, right? Stage left is really you to your right if you're the in the audience. I always thought stage left was that in the audience they see the stage on the left side and that's when you walk on. No. Okay, wait, wait. Well, I don't know about the walk-on part, but stage left means from the audience's view, right? That's what I thought. Okay, okay. So stage left is to you on the stage, it's really your right. That's yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. And then when they tell you to go up the stage, you got to go to the like edge. Very edgy comedy. Yeah. When you walk up very to the edgy. stage. Plays are very edgy if you get too close. So <laughs> there's all these charges against him. And then like Mr. Smarty Pants is going to pull out the fact that it's really on the, the tribe is called something Wong. What is it called? Oh, gosh. It was like someone's Wong, right? It was right. like Kevin's like Wong. Humpa Wong or... Oh, right. Humpa Wong? No, it was like... Punk. It was like Squeeze a Wong. It was something like that. Suck a Wong. So no. we... Suck a Wong. Suck a Wang. So we find out that, in fact, the... Kiss a Wong. Kiss a Wong. Kiss a Wong. Or Wang, either. I think kiss a wang. It could be. I I only watched it once, and I got I heard the joke. I didn't write it down for my research. I'm done with this movie. Thank God it's ending. So we find out that the kiss a wang wang own the land that the university's on, and for some reason that means criminal charges don't apply. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's it's all thrown out of court. They are right. So King Fred wins. We're the king fucking frat. Oh, But the lawyer helped him out. He pushed him over and knocked him down. King frat, king frat. It gets party when we party. King <laughs> frat, king There's frat. There's only one lawyer, by the way. There wasn't an opposing counsel. Nothing will take us apart. Fart, 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 fart. Now, for some reason, he's become the dean. Does it make sense? 
That's like when Ogre became a nerd in the end of well, not with that yellow stream. I'm gonna kiss that one. <laughs> oh, roll uh, credits. Now I thought they would make him burp. Oh, he said roll credits at the end. No, no, no. I said that. I was like, please end this film. Yeah, end this movie. Well, here it is. There's a gross out Fred, Tommy, Kevin, Chief Latrine, Jock, Slash, Joan, Dean Doyle, Officer Percy, told you, Boyle, Loyal, yeah. Nance, Babbitt, Bucky, Bobby, Becky, Father, Leadpipe, uh, Veronica, <laughs> Mrs. Mr. Veronica, Intern Attorney, Bailiff, Roy, Irma, MC, Old Man in Hospital, it Old Woman in Hospital, University, baby. Lady Godiva, Belly Dancer, Ambulance Driver, Attendant, Mrs. Baked Beans, oh, she was great, and Ira Cooperman. Man. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm ahead of you. Well, okay. did we, oh, that well, you have to redo it. Carl, what'd you think of this movie, King Frat? This movie, I I would rather watch Koyanaskotsky or whatever that was. I hate Koyanaskotsky. Uh, well, you know, it is life out of balance when you're like farting for entertainment. That's when you know things are gone for the wrong. I don't know. That's kind of base. Kind of. Uh, the Miami chapter of Pi Kappa Alpha. Thank you. Wow. They were Pi Caps for real. So that was probably a Pi Cap purse they were driving. Yeah. And probably the house. Bad makers. Shadow location in Miami, Florida, and the studios of the Great Southern Stage. Uh, any event for resembling comedy is purely con. Disgusting. God disgusting. Well, to stinky guess, that was it. You have been watching an Ovico presentation. Weird. Get out of the drive-in. All right, time to turn your car on and get out. Take the uh, speaker out of your... <laughs> yeah, man. Woof. Please, re be kind. Rewind. $2.99 fee rental charge if you don't that rewind. That was pricey. Carl, I don't have a movie for next week. That's fine because you are doing a horrible job of picking them. That was a piece of <laughs> no. Wait, I do have a movie. We did discuss this. We have another movie for next week. Do we? Well, let me check my uh, I am Carl. Where can people find you? CarlSucks.com. Of right. course, of course. I've got two. Text notifications from two dispensaries since we started the show. Ah, uh -huh. what did do they you want know? to dispense to you? Do, you? do you remember when you had a drug dealer and he would call you, he would email you every morning, he would text you every morning to tell you he has a special? You know, I, I just want to remind you, I sell weed. <laughs> I just wanted to text you. All right, well, I don't know, Carl. I don't even want to watch movies anymore. Talk about, you know, it's one of the frats in this movie is Alpha Omega. This was the Alpha Omega of movies. I am done. Like, I don't even want to watch a cinema a right. film anymore. Yeah, thank you so much, Cinevision Global. I'm no longer watching any cinema. <laughs> no, we can, we can come up with something great that'll bring you back. Something Okay, audience, incredible. you got to check it out. Uh, and... Uh, Please check us out every Sunday here on MutinyRadio.fm. Donate to them at Venmo at MutinyRadio. Uh, MutinyRadio is the token money. If you go to MutinyRadio.fm, you can find uh, their Patreon page link. And you can donate directly to them through Patreon. I'm sure MutinyRadio at Patreon uh, will get your search results. So, Carl, uh, we uh, great job, man. Uh, the fact that you watched this movie... What the? Twice. I couldn't. I could not 
I just couldn't see. I watched it the one time and I was like, this is disgusting and I just don't want to see it again. I mean, Thank God there's no audio. Bummer as Billy. Do you remember Sir Billy? It was that kind of bummer film. It was as bad as Sean Connery's last uh, CGI movie yeah. ever. Last movie ever. Last movie ever. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, guys, hope you enjoy your Sunday and every day, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Distinguished guests, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with our stinky guests, our hosts, Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Merry Christmas, Carl. Merry Christmas, Mike. It's Merry wait, Christmas, like, Carl. Are we saying Merry Christmas? I know it's February 27th, but Merry <laughs> Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, welcome, stinky guests, uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Thank you, that, Mike, for having me once again. Are you you. Carl, you did the theme song. You have an interview coming up. You yeah. researched this movie. Thank you for inviting me onto the show. <laughs> Appreciate that. We do this show every Sunday at 2 p.m. here on mutinyradio.fm. We're streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then specifically, uh, 5 o'clock on the East Coast time. You could also... Don't have to stream us live. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, Drops Every Sunday Night. Uh, follow us by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Our T stands for YouTube. Uh, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie this week? Okay, this week we are watching The Funny Farm, 1983. That's what you put in the search engine, 
the funny farm. Don't put in funny farm. No. The funny farm. Put in 1983. We like the channel Crud Buddies. Right, because we are Crud Buddies ourselves. Yeah, who wouldn't yeah. like Crud Buddies? Who loves if you crud name buddies. the channel that, we're subscribing. Uh, you, you ever see uh, um, Black Sheep with Chris Farley and David Spade? Uh, yes, unfortunately, I saw that piece of crud. All right, so remember the scene where uh, this, this Opie sprays a fire extinguisher on David Spade? And yeah. And uh, Chris Farley says, hey, why don't you jump in the pool and, and wash up all that white mud? And <laughs> David, <laughs> David Spade says, oh, I discovered white mud. I'm a millionaire. And Farley <laughs> goes, no, no, I said white crud. White crud. <laughs> all right. I thought I would start off our show with that. I love that all scene. Right. So, all right. Crud buddies. Uh, so, crud buddies. so, you know, uh, we have some instructions for you to do, but we also have a really exciting feature. It gives you some time. So well, wait, gonna... tell them tell them the instructions. Yeah, right. You oh, absolutely. Find... Yeah, absolutely. So we want you to go onto YouTube, search for the Funny Farm, nineteen eighty three. The. the, as Carl said, we need to get the the in there. You'll find the movie as hosted by Crud Buddies. Click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero, and when we say go, hit the play button. We'll all hit the play button. Now right. we are not going to say go. We have a celebrity comedian to do our Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Carl, yes. take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Donna Loy. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You started at Scotty's. You took the comedy class there with Chip Ambrosio. You have blossomed to go on to so much more and become a real comedian. But why don't you just tell us about your launch a little bit? Okay, well, I started at uh, Scotty's Comedy Cove School with Chip Ambrogio in June of, or uh, April of 2017. 2017. And you go for six, 2017, yeah. They go uh, for, I think, six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, you do your, your show for your friends and family that come to see you. And it was a great launching pad. Um, I got a lot of work right away out of the gate from Scotty's. Mm -hmm. I got to network with uh, some higher level comics. How much in your original routine for that showcase remains today? Um, I'd say a good portion of it. Uh -huh. And I just keep, I'd say a good portion of it. Um, a lot of it's changed, obviously. And a lot of it I've you know, swapped out for other things. But I just keep that particular act, and then I'll just layer in and layer in, and then kind of be able to pick and choose when I go to a venue if I want to do this segment or that segment, or use those or just pull them out of the hat as I need them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say maybe I'd say maybe sixty percent. Wow. Okay, that's uh, still a pretty healthy chunk, right? I think you got a yeah, good I launch like there. <laughs> I like now, telling my own jokes. <laughs> everybody does, right? I laugh at my own jokes. Yeah. So, um, you are I. You're down South Jersey. Is that fair to say? Do you think of it as South Jersey? Central Jersey. Central. Central Jersey. You call it Central. But even though you're Jersey far away, Shore, Central Jersey. Jersey Shore. That is where. So even though you're far from us up here in the north, you still come up here. You know. I mean, you go further than Scotty's, right? If you've got a gig. Oh, yeah. 
store. I've been to Brooklyn and PA, New York, Atlantic City, wherever wherever the goods are, that's where you got to go. Yeah, I was going to mention Brooklyn. You did the rooftop shows there during the pandemic, right? They were outside at La Brea Gardens, and then we moved indoors with the Brooklyn House of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did a lot of outdoor shows during the pandemic. I was lucky like that. Restaurants, outdoor venues. Now, I was going to ask how the pandemic affected your comedy. You just went over, like, being outside, which was different, which was okay in the summer, right? How else have you been affected, you know, as a comedian, getting out there and doing your thing with this with this COVID, with this coronavirus crap? Yeah, coronavirus is terrible. Um, well, I, I, you know, I think like anybody else, I just have the ebbs and flows of, moods that any comedian probably suffers from. Um, I try to keep uh, balance and keep things in perspective, you know. Comedy is something that brings joy to people. It brings joy to me. Um, obviously, like I had six shows booked this month, and I've already lost four of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're experiencing and everyone is experiencing that on different yeah. levels. Um, but you just have to keep it in perspective, you know, when it get when it's good, it'll be going again. And when it isn't, you just have to do other things like zoom, get creative. I've done a few zoom shows. I was just going to go there every week. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to go there and ask you about what do you think of zoom? I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's not the same, right? It's not the same. It's almost like performing in front of a mirror when you're practicing. <laughs> if you, anyone does that, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but and so it's a little strange because you're not getting the reactions that you would and that rapport with the audience. But yeah. it, you know, if you're getting paid to do ten minutes and sit in your living room or bedroom, it's not so bad. Yeah, and it is yeah. a cool way to communicate. I'm I do a weekly podcast every week with a bunch of comics that are all over Chicago and New York and PA. And it's kind of cool that we meet once a week and get our yayas out. What's it called? What's that podcast called? It's called Logic and Laugh. Uh-huh. It's headed by Tori, Tori Stewart. I think I, I connected you with him on some level. He's looking to come down and we'll do some stuff at Scotty's. But they're all comics and they're young and I'm probably the oldest one there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's some generational and cultural things that I don't get or that they don't get, which is kind of cool. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It keeps, keeps me going anyway. What do you bring to the podcast? The logic or the laughter? Hopefully a little of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully a little of both. Yeah. Well, that sounds logical. So, <laughs> how do people find you out there on the internet, on social media? I think you've got a YouTube channel. YouTube channel, Donald Lloyd Comedy, on the social media. I'm not on Instagram. Um, I am on TikTok. I think it's called Aunt Donna Knows, although I don't manage those things. Uh-huh. I'm not too tech savvy, so I have people that do those things for me. What about Facebook, though? Yes, I have that. Donna Just Donna Lloyd. You'll see it. Donna Lloyd comedy. You'll see a picture of George Burns and Jack Benny, my favorite comedians of all That's time. Right? Yes, you do see that. Yeah, favorite comedians of all time. That's really that's that's uh, that's pretty good company there. So, okay, Donna. Everybody at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second as we do here in the studio. We're all going to press play together. So why don't you go ahead, Donna Lloyd, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. 
<laughs> okay, thank you. We're going to go with three, two, one. Yes. Oh, I'm really excited about this movie. You know, yeah. I heard about this movie because Peter uh, Aykroyd is in it. Dan Aykroyd's brother, who was right. a part of, uh, I guess, the fourth season of SNL. And then yeah. he wrote a theme song, songs for, his, for Aykroyd's movies. Right. And he was in some of Aykroyd's movies. Uh, you, might, you make money off the songs, right? If you write the song to Loose Cannons, every time that plays, they get a little royalty check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it can be very tiny, but if you're talking about millions, it adds up, you know. He was in the Coneheads. He was in Doctor Detroit. Um, yeah, that's so the, really it. that's really you know they they were they weren't um, uh, they were they were good bro buddies brothers friends right. and they co-wrote uh, screenplays together. Um, nothing but trouble in the early nineties. Peter wrote oh. the story. Dan wrote the screenplay. Um, co-created the Canadian sci-fi show Sci Factor, which and... makes sense because Dan Aykroyd is also into like UFOs and yeah. psycho bullshit. So they must have had a charming childhood. So they they uh... did uh, eighty-eight episodes of that, and yeah, probably in their childhood, like Dan's going, "Look at that! Look what! Look up at the sky! Look at that!" He's like, "Holy crap!" It's yeah. a UFO. There must have been a bunch. They of They must have been. You know what? Peter was probably uh, saying, "Hey." You know what would be great? And Dan Aykroyd pulls out a pen. No, Peter, tell me. You know, but also, we should mention Peter Aykroyd passed away in November last year. He yeah. got a um, like a, a memorial a on SNL. Really? He had an untreated hernia. Untreated. And he died just before his uh, 66th birthday, like a couple weeks. Uh, septicemia. Caused wow. by an untreated abnormal hernia, so I think he probably shouldn't have died. He uh, he probably, you know, is sort of like a mistake. It's a real shame. Uh, I I kind of I knew of him through the through different things, but I have always heard about this movie, The Funny Farm. I had no idea what it was about. I just yeah. knew that Peter Aykroyd was in it. Uh, I saw it listed on FilmRise streaming. I'm like, well, shit, if FilmRise has it, YouTube has it, and God bless, it does. And the movie's about stand-up comedy. Yes, that's right. Now, what we're watching right now is um, a guy named Mark Champlin. And Mark is heading from his home in Cleveland, Ohio, all the way out to L.A. to become a big comedian. And he's, he's not going to New York City? Right. He's going Mark, to L.A. So Mark Chaplin is not driving in the early 80s to New York? No. Okay. You think that would be the destination for – okay, this is our director. Oh, pumping gas in the HBO vanity play. You wish this movie was on HBO. This is Ron Clark, and he is our director, and he's making his cameo. Nice. And he's yeah. like, where are you going? L.A. to be a star like Robin Williams. And he goes, who? How many times will Robin Williams' name uh, will be name-checked in this? Two times. Early Two times. Okay. Two times. Yeah. Two times. Yeah. Ooh, a little cassette. Is this like a willpower? It's like I, he's going to listen to Steve Martin. He's going to listen to George Carlin. He's just yeah. he's, he's listening. Uh, you know, this was the time before you could catch any comedian ever. Right. So he has the album. And hopefully they paid the comedians to be in this movie. You know, I like uh, 
Steve Martin. Oh, so this is another Steve Martin movie I never saw. Oh, you mean you mean the comedians were hearing the voice? Yeah, on the uh, cassettes while he drives cross country. In question, did they? He, they have to. They have to get royalties. I'm sure it's probably. Now here he has arrived in Los Angeles, but in truth, in Montreal, Canada. Thank you, Carl, for telling me that up front, so I don't have to. Because we're both Los Angeles natives, and we uh, it infuriates <laughs> us to no end when we can't recognize. Oh, the comedy tree! So he he wanted to go to the comedy tree, and it's literally closed. It was burnt down. It ha- a fire has occurred, and there is noticia do nos entrada because it's burnt. So do you think the comic on stage was like the roof? The roof. <laughs> The roof, the is, roof off. is on fire. And we're like, hack. Shut up, hack. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. We heard it. No, we don't give a damn. He's juggling. Yeah, so he finds that the, the club, the tr- comedy tree, it's, it's gone. So he's sort of wandering around and bumping into Greg. His name is Tony Ballsworth in real life. And Greg will let him know about a comedy club called The Funny Farm. That's now, where it's all happening now. We, now, even though we are Los Angeles natives and comedians, we're not going to pretend we know the history of Los Angeles comedy, which I'm sure this movie is mirroring. And mirroring in, in close to near time, because this is 83. This isn't mm-hmm. like dying to get... Re- oh, what was that? That Showtime Jim Far- uh, Carrey TV show? I'm dying up here which was a, a two-season show about the comedy store. Oh, okay. Oh, so, gosh, I, I, I missed that one. I, I did see Crashing on HBO. But that's a New York comedy scene, right? It's, and, this, and it's not reprising the late 70s, early no. 80s. No, you're right, you're right. It's a better analogy to Jim Carrey's one. And the thing is, like, okay, it's a movie, so I forgive it. But it's like he's bumping into exactly the right person. Who's friendly and helpful? Yeah. Well, but okay. I believe a comedian coming in to Los Angeles on the first night would drive straight to the comedy tree and then harass them, a street performer, to find out where another set is. Harass is not the right word. It's all very nice and friendly. Oh, hey, there's the wall. Where's my picture, Carl? Yeah, you're not. It's it's prior to your arrival. Now, this was a comedian. uh, Her name is. Majority Gross? Ma- oh, Majority Marjorie, Gross. Marjorie Gross. Okay. And she really went on to be a writer. She wrote for all, including Seinfeld. She wrote for a lot of things. Wait a minute. But I know who you're talking She passed away. They, they credited yeah, her. As, yeah. She like, really got ripped off. She died of ovarian cancer at the age of 40. Uh, yeah. She's really died young. And um, let's see here. She wrote one of our favorite shows was Get a Life. She wrote five episodes. Oh, how fun! I love that show. Uh, she's all over the place here. The Larry Sanders Show and New Hard and Alf. And she was a writer. She started as a comedian. Now we're meeting Gail, and I guess you're going to want to say she's like the comedy store lady, Mitzi Shore, and that's probably her husband. No, or well, somebody. Okay, the guy she's talking to is the owner of the club, and his name is Harvey. It's a guy named Derek McGrath. You might have known him from uh, Cheers. He was the guy, person who was going to, like, 
strangle Shelly Long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> now, listen, did Mitzi Shore have a reputation for sleeping around with her brother? Uh, according to whom? The comics from the early eighties. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, in this movie, that's one of the main things about Dale. She's scared of earthquakes, and she sleeps with the community. Okay, so just just for being alive on planet Earth, here's what I know about Missy Short. Missy Short opened up the seminal uh, comedy store and redefined comedy, and pretty much everybody in there became superstars, yeah. uh, came out of comedy. And then she was, you know, she was a club owner, so she, well... She owned it with her husband, who was a long-standing comedian, like Paul mm -hmm. Shore or something like that. I forget. Yeah. Not Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore is her son. Right. Uh, I forget his name, but he was a he was a big-time comedian who was always at the B level. He opened for all the big guys. Yeah, I think and he opened for his son. And having a comedy club makes sense for him. You know, that's the way to get rich and get known if you're not really, you know, making it all. So. So this, this, I guess the story story is that he owned it, but Mitzi was the brains and the power behind it and yeah. uh, ran it. And uh, I know there's a reality show called Minding the Store where Pauly Shore uh, resumes uh, control of the of the comedy store because his mom's ailing. Oh, I like how this camera – so Ron Kraft, the director, is like, here's your next comic. Here's a picture on the wall. Uh, Ron oh, is Clark, this, this, yeah. this is, is this That's Peter? Peter. That's Peter. What's, what's his act – um, he, he's funny. Let me remember what he's. Oh, oh uh, he's kind of um. Okay. See, I gotta say this is very interesting because we've been following Miles or or Mark, yeah. To literally drives up to L.A. and he walks in the club and then the camera immediately flies away from him. Oh look. You're not going to fuck me? I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. So he it's basically establishing this is where it's at. This is our – okay, here's Howie Mandel, and I was a fan back in the day. Me too. I had his album. It's like a glove. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was really A prop cool. comic album. Yeah, he's a prop comic, and he's going to do a few props here. But what the director's doing is letting us know this is the setting for the – uh, uh, movie, and the reason is it's where the comedy's happening. Now, this isn't an open mic. It is, like, in front of real people, but it so feels like an open mic. Yeah. Yeah. And all the comedians know each other. Like, half the audience is comedians. Now, it was weird. When Gail said give her the light to, um, to Marjorie, yeah, they flickered a light that the whole audience could see them flickering the light. You I've been to clubs not... like that. There's some oh, clubs that. Well, there was a club called Doc's Lab in San Francisco, and unfortunately it closed. But they built it from the ground up, and uh -huh. one of the things they did was they had a light on the wall, like kind of like a submarine light with that kind of like metal around it, and yeah. it was very clear. And if you're in the audience, you could pick up what it is. So this uh -huh. is not Los. An this is not Los Angeles. This not Hollywood or Sunset or uh, Melrose. Right in the movie, it's Los Angeles and it's the Funny Farm, the you know the Happening Club. In reality, yeah, this is Montreal, Quebec, wow. Canada. Which well, is crazy. Well, a lot of, I guess Peter Ackroyd was Canadian. 
and so uh, is Howie Mandel and Howie Mandel. Uh, Marjorie. Th- these are com- uh, these are Canadian. Okay, look, I gotta go uh, uh, network, Carl. I'll be right back. Hey, great okay. set, buddy. You were great. great hey, can I get a smoke? Hey, you guys smoking pot? You guys smoking pot? Can I join? This, this guy, this is Sammy, and he's selling shit. Oh yeah, as one does. <laughs> right. He's got a special tonight. One joint. One joint. He'll give you. That's a that's a good deal, because I would milk Sammy, that joke to death. In the plot, Sammy is the son of the very famous comedian uh, Billy Beekman, and they'll go visit Billy. And the director tries to show us the contrast between the established comedians who are like uh, Milton Berle types the Vegas and the guys. new comedians, the young yeah. comedians, right? Isn't that the yeah. HBO term? Yeah, the young the comedian young special. Comedians. Oh, is he? So I know this guy. This is the picky in the brain guy. Yeah, that's right. He's all about doing impressions. And that's what he does throughout the entire film. And he does impressions when he's not on stage, which kind of bugs me. Like, we don't get together as comedians and do our acts off stage, you know? I know, Carl. Um, Don't you hate it when a comic is doing their act? You're like, hey, what's up with the world today? And they're all like, I got. I haven't got to the tag yet. So his name is Maurice Lamarche, and yes. he was a Canadian voice actor from Toronto. Yeah, Pinky and the Brain. He was the Brain. Um, he's a lot of stuff. I mean, I even I recognize him. That's like how much shit voice talent work he's done. I actually recognized him when he popped on screen. Uh huh. You recognized his face. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I could. I recognize Tara uh, Strong. I recognize Frank Welker. Oh, drunky pissing his pants. Goes, well, now that's funny. <laughs> so he would go on to be in Zootopia. He was Mr. Freeze from Batman. He was wow. in Yosemite Sam from Looney Tunes, a more modern one. Yeah, but no, when, he's the king my, of it. When my kids were young, they used to watch The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And it turns out he was in that too. So his name's huh. Dickie. All right, so fair enough. There's there's his impersonation, uh, 80s stuff. Hello, I'm Carl Sagan. Billions and billions. Yeah, you're hey. right. He's doing Jimmy Carter. He's doing. Uh, you're right. He's doing contemporary. Can I can I do my Ronald Reagan? Yes, go ahead. All right, Ronald Reagan. Where's your uh, where do you get your drinking water? Well, <laughs> very funny. Damn, very nah. funny. Well. Grand slam. Now, sometimes I'm wondering why do they have fake names? I mean, like, uh, for instance, Mark Champlin in our film, his real name is Miles Chapin. Why not just make him Miles Chapin in the film? You know what? It's a fictitious film, and they decide to kind of divvy up. I'm trying to think if I've seen, like, there's a lot of comedy. How many comedy movies have you appeared in? Where someone shows up with a camera to make an, either a documentary or like a uh, expose. I was about to say zero, but I guess one. At the Wawa Social Club, this guy is making a documentary and he just filmed every night. So I was only on one time. It was an open mic, so it was all new jokes. But luckily, luckily, I hit. So maybe I'll be in this documentary. I'll uh, probably never even know when it comes out. It's going to be nothing. Yeah, it's gonna be nothing. I did one. I was at a uh, comedy competition, which I don't even. It's a show. At the end of the night, it's a show. It has nothing to do with, with the competition. 
And some guy was like unannounced recording it. So I'm listening on IMDb for his little magic special documentary. Uh, I was on public radio, a uh, documentary on comedy, and I told one new joke that I didn't like, and that was the joke they kept. Oh, it brought, great. It, Thanks, and then uh, uh, what else? Oh, gosh. Oh, and then uh, a friend did a, like an expose, like a fictitious thing at a comedy club, which we taped. I'm in a couple of those. I'm actually in a documentary called The Comedy Club about Cobb's Comedy Club. I think cool. it's where Tom Sawyer's wife yells at me for not cleaning a table properly for a space they never used, which I knew at the day of. Uh, but who knows? Uh, I heard it was an unwatchable documentary, but it's finally released, and they're using it as a benefit uh, recently for Will Durst, uh, which is terrific. He's a great comic, and anything to help him out at this time is terrific. So I like the documentary. Did you get an IMD credit, IMDb? No, I didn't. You know, I signed a piece of paper or I didn't sign a piece of paper. I only heard about the movie about eight years ago where uh, I had a weekly Facebook page for a weekly show event I had. And uh, the guy who did the movie started posting on my site, but I had, mm -hmm. you know, I had to be approved and I kept declining it. So we've met now the love interest. So what's happened is he knocked over the waitress's tray and it was a big thing. And Gail said, you're a twerp. And you know, it was like a negative, but the oh, right. out of it is he's now meeting his love interest, and she's taking him to where the comics hang out after. So this is a waitress at a comedy club? He's dating the waitress immediately? Yes, immediately. And she is an actress. Now, you know, once again, like, I forgive it, because it's a movie, and they gotta move it along. Right. And, um, and, com and comics and waitresses do date. Wait, staff, yes. I should say. Staff in comics. But now he's like not being funny. Like we're supposed to think it's funny. Like he pulled out a uh Polaroid. Right. It was really a napkin. He he pulled it out of the you know, and he's saying, Shake this. If it doesn't develop, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Uh, yeah, try too hard, man. But now also you don't you don't she's um she's really all about soap opera. Uh, she's not a comedian at all. That's not why she's in this film. Her name is Tracy Bregman, and she was on Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. That's her claim to fame, wow. really. This is something she just did. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, if she could deal with soap operas, she could deal with comedians. They're all guess, assholes. Yes. Is this supposed to be cantors? This is like we're seeing that they're crazy. He's doing his impression. He's doing Peter. Right. I could tell by the eye. So that's the thing. Like, uh, it's just not true that offstage comedians are crazy and kooky. Look, he goes, don't try to toss salad. <laughs> oh, yes. His lettuce in his hair. It serves me, but it's okay. It's a movie. Yeah, but you know what? Usually comedians are just terrible to be with, especially the, the popular ones. Like, if, you know, you first go to a scene. And there's say, a table. I gotta say that, like, comedians are just people, and there's a million of them, and they're, they're all Granted. different. Granted. If you listen to Comedian Countdown, I mean, I, I, I hit 50 comedians last year for you guys. Now, look, like, people say you gotta be suicidal if you wanna be a comedian. Comedians are just crazy. Okay, it's true. A lot of them are like that. A lot of them are antisocial and stuff, but it's just not true that that is the comedian. Many. No, that's true. But I, I mean, I've seen like just, plain, you know, part of it is that there's a vulnerability on stage. So 
but when you perform, you're you're basically exposing yourself. And uh-huh. yep. some comedians build a way to deal with it by being, you know, it's a sole proprietorship business. You yes. don't have to be friends with anyone. And in fact, you don't even have to be polite to anybody uh, because you, it's all about the performing and, and working. And so, you know, I the, sometimes because you're so vulnerable on stage, I feel comedians are assholes. The people who quit comedy are still assholes and they become assholes. And there's like no <laughs> excuse. Like if you're a former comedian and you're still being an asshole and taking stuff and <laughs> bad mouthing people, just like maybe it's you, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is his uh, house. This is where he lives at the Starlight Motel. She will way too quickly ask him to move in with her and become Ooh. in a relationship. Uh, wow, they're kissing. Yeah, they. Yeah, he's. This whole movie, he moves fast. He goes through everything so fast. So it, this is like January 1st. This is like a, a, a year of this guy's life. Well, it's, he just arrived. He just arrived in town. He learned about the funny farm. He went there, and now he's kissing girls. Yeah. Now he's at the New Town audition. Oh, look at this. The open mic. Oh, and look at all the crazy costume people. There's always okay, crazy. so what happens here is you and I know um, that – Somebody doesn't really have an audition tape, which go up and see who's, you know, like, we're looking for new talent. No, rather, on a weird night like a Wednesday when the bar's not going to make money, they hold an open mic. And it's really just, it's really a ploy. It's, I'll use the word, though. It's a ploy to get people into the bar so they can make some money on a, on a weird night. Sure. And listen, that's when uh, you might get, I mean, I did that at Scotty's and I got a job there as like a maitre d' kind of thing. And that meant that I could host every now and again. So in a sense, it hugs reality, but it really wasn't a audition, you know, it was just. Well, you so know, like, I, that's I, what I do they're this. doing here. They, people are lining up like, I'm going to be the next star. It's not, it's not really the world of comedy but i do know like you know if they're doing three different shows or like if it's los angeles if it's los angeles they might have a 6 30 show an eight o'clock show and a midnight show and a 10 p.m show and all right one let of me those... talk about that then right yeah. what really happens in the comedy world and i think you'll back me up on this is that you have at a comedy club a host a feature who does like 30 minutes and then the headliner does like an hour 45 minutes to an hour that's really the formula uh, whatever club you go to, this this club on their Saturday nights, like they have twenty comedians and they all get up there and they don't do a set amount of time. They just go until Gail says that's it. Give them the light. Because oh, are these examples of the open micers, the these two, the the housewife and then the kid? Yes, and they're Is not it... open micers. They're going. They're they think they're at an audition. They're on an. They're going to audition now. But I know that, you know, some, some clubs here in Los Angeles, they do have technically an audition night. I mean, it's a showcase, uh-huh. but basically, you know, you meet the people and they say, okay, come perform on, on Tuesday. At Is the it a bringer? No, but, you know, they have other shows that night, even for Tuesday. So, so uh, maybe it is there. Maybe there is some reality. To yeah. Audition I feel night. Hey, it's all grooming. Man. 
the man's a groomer's tournament. Uh, I don't know, even though I live. Okay, here we have Steve Allen. Oh, and Bel Air. Does he know he's in the movie? Uh, Probably. Now, one of the first things Ron Clark ever did, the director. Listen, he's only directed two things. He's not a director. He's a writer. Okay. And his, like, one of his very first gigs ever in 1967 was the Steve Comedy, uh, Steve Allen Comedy Hour. So he wrote eight episodes of that. Oh, so he got his buddy in there. Yeah, so I guess that's how he knows. Listen, let me talk about this director as a writer for a minute. Sure. He wrote the screenplay. Look, maybe he was one of a group. I don't know. But The Revenge of the Pink Panther, um, High Anxiety in 1977, Silent Movie in 76. Good, three good movies. Revenge is okay. I think that's the one with the parrot. Yes, that's one with a – that's a true Pink Panther movie, not a bullshit let's make some money movie. <laughs> like The Curse of the Pink Panther. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think Clouseau is in an outtake coming up next. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, here, he was also a writer for Pat Paulson for President. Um, two Smother Brothers comedy shows in the 60s. Danny Kay TV show was his second one. He started Jackie Gleason. Uh, so this guy has been a serious writer. Uh, Paul Lynn show, Rich Little show, uh, Jackie Mason, The World According to Me. Uh, oh, wow. He's all, he's all over the place as a writer. Well, that Jackie Mason show was big back then. Uh, let's see. I think it was the year of uh, like '86, maybe. Yeah. Oh, he's going. Yeah. Oh, he's going up. Hey, man, good set. Good set. Don't choke. So he's I can't believe go you're off, fucking... and he's only going to do like three minutes. And Is he Gail's chew it? say, Gail's. And he, you see, he he had this traditional um, a player. A yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So he, it wasn't his smartphone. Wait, so did he, he just get heckled by a comic? Yeah. He's going to do essentially three minutes, and he's going to have one giggle at the end. But Gail's going to say, that was good. That was really good. You can work here. Parking cars. Ooh, like Sam Kinison watching the door. He's going to be a valet. Oh, wow. So that must have been a really bad set. Hey, it's really great to be here. I wonder if he's doing my, if he's eating it, he's probably doing my act. Hey, guys, have you ever tried, I'm sorry I'm, I got here so late. I feel really sick. I uh, had the green bread. You guys know the green bread on top of the refrigerator? <laughs> I mean, it was fine when I moved in. A green yeah. bread. I thought it was healthy. I thought it was vegetable. Yeah, I thought it was vegetable. I thought it was plant-based. It was a growth. So he's eating it, huh? Look at that. We hate you now. Well, he's not really just they like him. They like him. No, the comics are yo, hey, uh, I have a joke for you. What do you call a comedian who heckles? Not a comedian. There. I send my piece, Carl. Sorry, I just got myself a seltzer. What do you call a comedian who heckles? Are you killing me? Uh, not a comedian. Another comedian. Not not a comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're a heckler. You're not a comedian. Yeah. Maybe you heckle a comedian. You're you're not a comedian in my eyes. So the the main heckler at Scotty's, right? He's like one of those insult comedians. Oh, he left his he left his thing on stage. 
<laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, he left his sit. The, the comic, the host called him out. He said, You left your uh, tape recorder. Saw that. How could I have missed that? I saw this film like four times. You didn't have that sinking feel- feeling? I had that feeling in my stomach. That's why yeah. I recognized it. Oh, I left my phone? Shit. 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 I really wanted to listen to that set I ate anyway. Thank you. Once at the Broadway Comedy Club, somebody left their drink up there, and I made a whole big thing out of it. Oh, do you ever, like, pick up someone's book if they leave their notebook? Uh, there's a Lost and Found at Scotty's, and there are some comedians. Uh, okay, here's the guy who's on Cheers trying to strangle Shelley Long. Um, oh, okay, so this is Mr. Shore. I guess he's just, in this film, he's not related to her. He's just the owner. And he's up there, and he's, like, doing some very bad joke, like a frog in a blender kind of joke. I think you uh, saw this film. And so someone goes, there's, an, there's please, an important announcement, important announcement. He goes, oh, excuse me, there's an important announcement. And he goes, get off the stage. Hey, that's not funny. These are the comics pissing on the owner? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that I got a bit of music. They piss on Gail, and they piss on the owner. That's not cool. Oh, yeah, here's the message. Oh, oh. there's an important message. Oh, oh it's Mike Spiegelman's set. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to open with the green. I'm not opening with the green bread, Spiegelman. you got to rewrite the list. I'll close with green bread. Mike, do you care when you go up? Okay, you're first. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm a, you're first. Important meeting. Oh, I don't I didn't really want to go. You're not Get really first. You're, you're second. You're not really going first, Carl. You're second. You see, because I'm the host, and I'll do a few minutes. Yeah, and then you'll be the second comedian, and then yeah, the third pro- the third comedian will be me because I'm going to go up again, and then the fourth comedian will be the second comedian, and then the fifth comedian will be me again, and then the sixth comedian will be the third comedian. It's easy as pie. You're not first. Now go. <laughs> Don't you hate when when hosts do like five full minutes in between people? I hate that. Yeah, I do. And uh, I, I'm looking at you. Hope every comic went cold when I said that. Oh, is that her casting couch? There you go. Yes, this is her casting couch, but that's not what she's going to do. She's basically tricking this guy into becoming a valet parking attendant. No, I, I did see this, but I, I'm just going to say this once, Carl, and uh, pretend I never saw it. Ellen Burson is really acting in this film. This is a yeah. terrific performance. It's a real lived-in human being. Yeah, uh, and you can see her as the brains of and and the disrespect she gets and yeah. how it feels on her and it's like a real lived-in performance. I was just stunned by it. So anyway, just getting back, we'll get back to our little Miles and our Howie and our, our other comedian friends acting. But it, it's a real difference to have an actor in this movie. An actress, yes. Now I'm going to talk about her, but I have to interrupt myself because this guy is like the only real comedian who goes to the funny farm, apparently. And he's really good. And everyone uh, really loves him. Um, in the film, he's called... He has bongos, Carl. Is his name Andy Kaufman? Yeah. Well, he is a crazy person. And we'll find that out as the film goes along. Here it is. It's Bruce Nutter. His real name is Mike McDonald, and he did have a career. In real life, he was bipolar. Um there's some club singer named Johnny Vegas who's famous. He's the older brother of him. But um, he's good in this 
Yes, he's got his bongos. Yeah. And he's taking pictures and he's acting creepy with women. There's a something sexual. You have to make you well, know, is he on stage? Is he you in know, control? Mike, are you a born again Christian? And yes, I am. Creepy. Look, do these girls look like they're creeped out? I think they want to be up there with him. Right? All right. Is he going to ask them to, to take their clothes off? What if he did, Mike? Why would that be creepy? Because uh, he's taking photos. All right. I get it. It's funny. All right. I get it. I saw Howard Stern live like 40 years ago. Who am I to Mark, say? There are, there are advances. Mark. There are. Oh, excuse me, Mike. Mike, there are sexual advances that are unwanted, and those are creepy. Every sexual advance in the world is not unwanted. Every sex thing in the world is not. And another thing is children. If there's ever any children on the screen, you go, oh, my God. Like, okay. what? You want to fuck children, Mike? Wait, are there children in this movie? No. And no, of course not. No, but we saw Bugsy Malone, and you were like, this It's a little inappropriate. It is not inappropriate. Bugsy Willow is a little inappropriate. It was because uh, Jodie Foster was being sexy or something. She was hey, protected. when was the last time you you were in a club and they had a copy of Variety in the office? <laughs> well, it's 1983. All right. Well, yeah, you're right because this is the powerhouse. Listen, I'm eating my cake and having it too. I'm saying this movie is sexist while I'm looking at this one. So there we go. <laughs> Now, this is, uh, that's what he's saying. He's the only real comedian we've got. And uh, I kind of don't know what that means because it's supposed to be a comedy club and those guys are all the chosen performers. Peter oh, this, this, is this is Andy Kaufman. He's telling the audience to come out and I'll do a new performance. Kaufman did that. Well, you know what's funny? Steve Martin was oh, interesting. Steve Martin's first when Steve Martin first had his routine, he would go to San Francisco, he would go to he, he would uh take the people outside. Now he had to learn to only do it after they dropped checks and got their money, you know. Right. Because this was a Steve Martin move. He discovered it by mistake one day. I read from his book. Um he was saying, Okay, that's it, show's over, and everyone thought he was being funny. He goes, no, seriously, show's over. I'm going outside now. Everyone started to follow him. And he was out by some, like, abandoned pool, and he walked down into it, and they all stood around the pool as he kept going. So he, by that weird night, he made it into a thing. He, he would take everyone out into the street, and then he would leave. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. I always thought, yeah, all right, well, yeah, I tried I, to find like a YouTube clip of it or something. I never could. Oh man, that would be so much fun to watch old old Steve Martin videos. Yeah, because the old Steve Martin videos we see are after his Saturday Night Live and albums. You know, we see his polished. Uh, I've never seen a Steve Martin uh, unfamous open mic kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you have the comedy albums, which he performed uh, in San Francisco for the first album. And then on Red Rocks, right, with Side B, was it? No. I don't remember. I remember, excuse me, that was all in San Francisco. Right. It was like the works. God, it was Fisherman's War, not the Fisherman's Wharf, but it was like some weird uh, name. Yeah, he's the one I remember my first beer. That was San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Martin had a heckler in the audience, and he 
didn't pay him any mind. He just said, yeah, I remember <laughs> my first beer. Which is like, he nailed that one. Like, yeah. you can't use that line. Of course, it made it onto the album. That's why he... Yeah, yeah I know. Sometimes, like, like, um, I, I thought to myself, okay, I'll say alcohol lowers your inhibitions, something like that, but I never had the chance. There's a joke in this one when it feels so bad. Howie Mandel goes like, um, I was trying to catch a plane, but they go like 600 miles per hour. I want to steal that joke. What's the way? Explain the joke. I was well, trying I to catch. I would say like, I would say like, oh man, I have a hard time catching planes. Anybody else here? I always have a hard time catching planes. I mean, they go like 400 miles per hour. Yeah. I mean, when you say catch, then we know what the joke is. I will catch a plane, you know. Catch, it's, yeah. It's yeah, a right. good redirect. It's good read. Well, because it's the phrase. That's what's funny. There. So he's woken his girlfriend up at three in the morning and he's like, I have a persona now. I am a wasp. Nobody else is the comedian. You've got the lesbian <laughs> comedian, the Hispanic comedian. You've got the, you know, but nobody's oh. a wasp comedian. If I may. So, so comedians have to pander to white audiences so they won't, so they can immediately be liked and, and do their time in peace. So it's like, oh, I see a Mexicani or whatever they say in this movie. Yeah. And he's like, he watches that. He goes, shit, I'll just say I'm white. I'll do the same ethnic humor, but I'll say I'm white. Well, and you then- know, you're right about that. And I really didn't appreciate it in this film. Film. The the guy, his name is Dino in real in the real world. Let me see if I can find it. Lou, Lou Dino, Miguel. He was only in three things, but you're right about that. He got up there and he did. Uh, stereotypes about Latino people that white people would appreciate. Yeah, uh, the fry cook. Right, and he did his horrible accent and stuff. And then when the black comedian goes up, he goes, can y'all see me or should I smile? I uh-huh. just, it's just so like pan... Um, what's the word? It's like... It's a bunch of things. It, it is pandering. Uh, it is. But it's uh, it's, it's pandering kind of... to like the worst in us. Yeah. You know, it's you're black, so you gotta make it about being black. But he made it about like how a dummy white person would make a black joke. Like I don't know. I didn't... Oh my god, these comedians have day jobs. How strange. Yeah. Now this yeah. is the pinky in the brain. It's his day job, and they showed up to fuck with him. Oh, and Howie Mandel has his handbag. Yeah, his handbag. Yeah, I, 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 getting back to like the, it is kind of pandering, and also like the material is aimed for white clubs, you know. And and if you're going on the road and stuff like that, if you're a road comedian or a little warrior, you're gonna have to play that way to to, to connect to any crowd, you know. But I guess yes. But also like there's other clubs, you know. Like if I pander as a Jew and then I do a Jewish room, like am I gonna do the same bits? Probably explain no. Jewish stuff. Right. So it seems weird that this guy is like he sees that that formula is in place because that's the only way. Oh, Fern Bar, how fucking Los Angeles in the eighties? Uh, yeah, and he's complaining about L.A. right now. Well, you're you are in a Fern Bar. Fucking Perrier. He's just like the perfect girlfriend. It's a movie, you know. Oh yeah, because I mean, I don't know if waitresses. Wait staff likes getting hit by comedians, and then if they, you know, if they do come across, you know, they meet someone at work and they they date, it's 
Sometimes it doesn't last, or sometimes it's really ugly. There was a ridiculous thing they said in here, as if like you know, like band members have roadies. You know, there are comics who are, there are women who just love to date comics. <laughs> That's true. not true. That's it's not true. Not true. You know, I know. Are the only like NFL is like you're an athlete or you're a musician or you're an actor. We're the only get on the stage and perform thing that does not attract women at all. Yeah, yeah, no, it, there's no group uh, groupies. Nope, uh, nope. Right. you know so, it's weird. I one aside I would say is that uh, Los Angeles like porn actors, I guess in the '80s. Uh, I learned this from the true Hollywood story for the kid who got his tongue stuck on the pole and the mm, Christmas story, mm-hmm. Scotty Smith, who got into pornography, but they would always go. He met a lot of people at like the comedy store because he's, uh, they would go be audience members, at the comedy club. Look at the cops right behind. Oh, they fucked up. Oh, well, no, what they're doing is a pretend insurance scam, which they're, Claiming they're hurt and they got hit, and then when it turns out to be cops, they like they bail. They say, "Oh, I feel better now." And I don't know, it's something. Oh, so they they thought it was like a civilian car behind them, and they were gonna yeah, and then them. it was a cop. Yeah. But they got a comedy show. The show's still going on. Well, no, they're all not there yet, and Dale is freaking out because none of them. So he goes, "What about this one? What about that one? All right." Put this one up and then so they that's how they're giving um uh mark champlin a shot ah, the, the yeah. classic that's a classic you know oh shit that there no one's here and that fucking comic spiegelman's still at the fucking bar every night right. get him give, on give spiegelman a shot you know the last time that happened i could see the club owner uh like shaking because there was a possibility that she might have asked me she was trying to look right everyone above me and I was like, well, I didn't really sweat it because I had a show that night. You know, uh-huh. I felt insulted, but it wasn't like I was really, of course, I would have dropped everything and done it, but yeah, it wasn't like I, I was getting a set that night. That's what I was thinking back then when I was that young. Right. But yeah, it was a little, you know, you gotta have a thick skin sometimes. But now they're like, oh, we feel better. Oh, because an ambulance showed up. Something like that. It's nothing. And it doesn't make sense in the real world. And. Oh, there's old Colorado Avenue in the heart of Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, they, they got signs. They made signs to put them up. Uh, this is his big shot. It's your big chance. Right. Oh, I see. He can't believe it. Now, you know, the, it looks like valet tickets, but I'm sure it's his set. Like every time you go into a big club, I always like I would always have my set list like prepared just in case. <laughs> I, me too. I, I have a set list in my wallet, and it just sits there for the day. It's like, the mis- Mr. Kevin Hart is sick. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you got, listen, Peter Aykroyd, Dan, Howie Mandel, uh, Maurice Le, oh, Le, LeBrain. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. This is, this guy is, is Native American. He's doing exactly what you're talking about. The piece. Smoke signals, jokes. Uh, He's saying, if we didn't smoke, we made up the peace pipe, and if we didn't smoke so much shit, we would still own this country. Yeah. I, I feel bad for him. 
I am insulted by the world that it has to be like this. But I also feel like Mark Chapman, so this guy who can, like, if it's a white crowd that everyone's been pandering so they can get, if he's on the same way, like they're all, and he does this, like he does the same routines that everyone else is doing. Like he steals, like the only reason they're doing that material is that they can't just be themselves. They have to kind right. of, they so, can't he, be themselves. so he, he, he says, Oh, you know what? I'll just do it, but I'll do it a white style, you know? And then, uh, it's it, creative it, though. It is. Well, you know, the whole like wasp, Humor in the '80s was Martin Mull, you know the history of yeah. white people and yeah. mayonnaise jokes and stuff like that, and they're funny. I mean, there was a good mayonnaise joke in uh, The Jerk. He made a sandwich with mayonnaise. I I, I thought I I did that whole film. I don't remember. Uh... Didn't like his family made him a sandwich that had like mayonnaise on it. I they don't... made him some kind of sandwich. I don't know if mayonnaise. Was on it. I'm, I'm talking over this guy's set. Oh, there he All is. Right, Put on the voice. Let's hear him. Let's... All right, here we go. Studio sound. Do you think this is really Miles' act? His real act? No, I don't know. What's interesting about this guy is he was a descendant of Steinway and Sons. Oh, the Steinway pianos? Right. And in addition to his acting career, he worked as a sales consultant for Steinway and Sons. And he pretty much hung up acting and comedy, and that's what he does now. He oh. is a top executive at Steinway, and he sells pianos. He, he wrote it. two nonfiction books. One of them was called 88P. Oh. oh, great. Oh, is he talking about a laptop? No, he's talking about the piano. Oh, he's talking about the locksmith down the street. You know, he had Now, this guy did have a, two things, three things that were interesting was a character named Carter in Howard the Duck. Okay. Um, All right. He was in Hair in 1979 as Steve Ooh. Wright, one of the So he was a guys. singer. Yeah. And he was in The People versus Larry Flint and he as Miles, that is his real name. So that's the same director, Miles Foreman? No, Miles Camp, Camp No, no, but but the The People versus Larry Flint and Hair is the same director. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, a famous director, too. His Uh, name in Hair was Steve Wright, and it makes me think of Stephen Wright. Oh, right. Well, you know, I know his face from The Fun House. I've I've seen The Fun House, and I know him from that movie. He was Richie in that movie in 81. Have you seen that? No, but I saw, we saw some horror, we saw some film, maybe it was that um, uh, performance. And one of the guys, like maybe the camera person, was associated with the Funhouse. So I learned yeah. all about it. I saw it on TCM Underground. It's Toby Hooper, the guy who did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, and that's it, what it was. We saw Eggshell. Yeah, right. We saw his film before Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Toby Hooper. Well, one of his subsequent films in the early 80s, it's like a bunch of young teens that look exactly like him. And they go to like a, a county fair and they have like these, you know, a fun house, uh, but there's like uh, uh, like a monster who slaughters them. Right, and 
and yeah. it's a film of note. Like it was well done. I haven't. It's seen really it, well done. People people talk about it. He was in that. He was in a bunch of stuff, but those were the things you'd know. Yeah, and... I got some great Poupon. What a wasp! What a wasp! He's got his he's got his white guy prop, like his he's got his ethnic prop. He's stealing ethnic humor and making it white. He's gentrifying it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, they spent uh, like under under four million, just under four million dollars to make this movie. That's Canadian dollars, and this was backed by the Canadian Film Development Corporation. Uh, this was this this was theatrically released, and it did okay. The the internet doesn't. I, there's not even a Wikipedia page for this film. The internet forgot about this. Yeah, you know, I used to before the internet. I had like Video Hound, and I had, and I would I would see actors. They would list the actors in the back, and Peter Ackroyd would be listed, and I'd be like, I want to see Dan yeah. Ackroyd's brother's movie, and right. I could never find this movie. You know, so I'm really glad. I mean, the the premise of our podcast is that we can finally watch movies that we've only heard about. You know, yeah, that we didn't have access to, and now we have instant. You would access. read a, you would read a fanzine. You yeah, would, and I would. It would be in the back of the, you know, but you would have to go down to the Zigfield in New York, you know, on have, Tuesday at eight p.m. Worse, I would have to go to Kim's Video in New York and deal with those. Right, I'd never <laughs> been there. My brother said they're all assholes back in the eighties. Like that was the hip video store, but yeah, right. I, in in the nineties there was Leather Tongue and there was. Uh, down the lower hate and they had like snooty uh you know uh video clerks and i, I worked in a video store in montclair so you know I, i'm part yeah. of that milieu but uh which I, one was it the one in Wachung plaza uh, i think it was on bloomfield bloomfield avenue okay yeah. i'm trying by to think what? if it was what's that by what what was it, it I, near? I, I think the it claridge the uh it used to be i might have been the by the wellmont no, not down by the Wellmont, more by the Claridge area. Okay. Yeah, like kind of crisscross, you know, on, on Fullerton and uh, I, I think it was I Bloomfield. I can't remember. I know that you were there and I even visited. It might have been, maybe it was in Watchung Plaza. No, Watchung Plaza, I would remember. Yes, definitely. I, yeah, I kind of trashed a job. I, I was like so hung up with my co college girlfriend that I couldn't work the summer and I just lost that job. But uh it was fun you know i okay, met a lot now they are seeing um they are seeing the only real comedian uh, andy kaufman the bongo guy yeah. and they're like let's find out see he doesn't talk to anybody he considers himself he's like kind of snobby like i'm a real comedian and you guys are open micers even though it's not called that um and so they're following him they're following his bus now, his bus is going to the dirt, dirt poor part of town. I don't know. What does that mean? Compton? I don't know. And, this, um, you say this in Montreal, so I don't have to beat myself in the head because I don't recognize <laughs> the bus line or the right. uh, where it parks. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. I don't. I, Bruce Nutter, it. that's his name. Bruce Nutter in the film. Nutter. That name's a little contrived. So they're following him to see where he lives, and then they're going to fuck with him. Looks like he lives in the Mexican part of town. Hmm. Oh. 
that real graffiti or did they spray it up for the movie? Yeah, good question. Uh, the and owner also, didn't tell me. But if this is a real house, that's kind of sucky for them to do that. It's an abandoned building? It's a movie no, lot? This is, this is a poor apartment building, apparently. Yeah, and but was, when they when they shot the funny farm, was it a real building? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The internet, uh, there was an IMDb entry which almost didn't say anything about the film. So, you know, I usually get my main information from Wikipedia, fill in the blanks with that trivia section from IMDb, and right. then begin scouring the internet for the real interesting stuff. There right. was none of that in this film. I found out all about the actors. I found out all about how it's Canadian. Okay. But it's killing me. There must be like so many comedians from Los Angeles who've been around for 40 years. They talk about it. They do podcasts. They do live streams. You can mm -hmm. hear their history. So I'm just surprised no one's really discovered this or talked about this. He's Maybe got a gun. Because it was in uh, Canada? Yeah. Well, I don't remember seeing it in 83. I remember E.T. <laughs> now, he goes, you, Canada, you punks invade my privacy. You get, you get out of here. And yeah. he's going to get really upset. Oh Real. no no! I take it back. Look, they did they did some work on this movie. The director had these people on cue. Will you shut up? Okay, I <laughs> want you to stand in this gun. lady's apartment, and when I say when I call you, pick up the pretend you hear them outside. Oh look at this! He's already he made it off that one set. Yep, he is now since he's wall. been invited up there to perform. He's going to be, you know. One of the regular comedians now at the Funny Farm. Things are moving quick for this guy because it's really a movie. Quick. But uh, so this is all within the year. He moved in. Now he's on the phone with the TV studio going, did you make a decision about my pilot yet? Now, was this because of that set he did it was so well? There was, there was someone in the yes, audience, right? There was that there, right. There was a talent scout and he's auditioned now for a pilot this just isn't the way the world works as a guy who's made a pilot nobody was interested in it and then is now in the middle of making a second pilot i assure you america now i know this was a different time but I, still you don't just walk off the street and get offered a pilot let's let's put it this way okay uh Maybe the writer and a director is so fucking bitter that in his movie, you know, the fucking young, handsome guy immediately gets a pilot. Right. Just you know, vicariously. Just for the sake of the story and just for his bitterness. Now he's at Sammy's house and he sees Sammy with a picture of Philly Beekman. What's going on? And he finds out it's my it's dad. My dad. Oh, why don't you go on stage? Be. Billy Beekman's son. Guy, this guy, he plays all around the room, and he's Billy Beekman's son. Give it up for Billy Beekman Jr. Right. I mean, Tony. Tony Beekman. Sorry. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. There's some, uh, I guess, uh, Buddy Hackett's son was a comedian. Uh, I don't know. Jackie Mason's daughter, and it's illegitimate, he changed her name to Mason. Eva Mason, just so you know. Yeah. The daughter. There is also um, Kelly. Kelly. Uh, um, living in a van down by the river. Oh, his brother Kevin. His brother is yeah, yeah. and I and they look similar. You know, they're okay. So because Sammy's dad is 
uh, Philly Union, he arranged for these guys to get to go there for free to Vegas. So they're flying. I don't know if they pay for uh, from what are they going from Montreal to Toronto now. They're going from Los Angeles to <laughs> Vegas. To, oh, it's in the movie, to, Got a clown face clown. Oh yeah, it look. This looks kind of like Montreal's version of Las Vegas. No, they're in Vegas. Oh, Piazador is in Las Vegas, Carl. I did you think of that movie, Fake Out? Fake Out, Fake Out. There's right. Don Rickles. Oh, and he mooned him. Um, where it's at, we saw Don Rickles. Yeah, in, in Vegas. Las Vegas as well. I and believe he... that this has got to be really Vegas. I mean, they're not going to do the fake set. No, and they actually paid to get like this phony name up on the stand. Yep. Marquee. Yeah, yep. that's great. This guy, Philly Beekman, his name is Jack Carter. And he was oh, Jack Philly. Carter. Yeah. So he was like in the vein of Milton Berle. Um, and we should, let's see I if we can. enjoy his act. You want to listen? I yeah, I do. Funny. So this has to be his act. He's not doing a character's act. It's probably Jack Carter's bit act, right? Goes, this band is one of the greatest bands of our day. I don't know. At night, they kind of suck. Here he is, Jack Carter, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, long distinguished career. He died at ninety three in Los Angeles, and like five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. I remember that. Let's see here, ninety third birthday, twenty fifteen. Killing. Of his jacket, because of his jacket. Oh, look! Even how he's just uh, two, three, four. So you know, this is interesting, Carl, because I'm like I'm dying up here with Jim Carrey. Right. This is contemporary comedy, looking at their uh, at at their their elders, I guess, yes. whatever the old comics are, uh, and they're commenting. So it's young comedians. They feel young comedians talking to the Vegas act, right? And then we're going to see that in his hotel room after. Now, this guy was for real. He was on the, the Cavalcade of Stars, and he got his own NBC show called The Jack Carter Show. Um, he hosted uh, – there was, there was a – there was something called the half-hour Saturday night programming slot. And, and <laughs> That was great. Yeah. Yeah. He did a show right after 3 Easter. Carl Reiner was on it. Um, he was friends with Chris Caesar. His, he gave the eulogy at his funeral. He was a frequent guest on Ed Sullivan. You know, one thing I have to say, I, I looked up Jack Carter, and there was like a video of Howie Mandel talking about him. Uh-huh. Like bold, bold Howie. Oh, this is, this is curly-haired Howie. Now, Sammy, his son, didn't even come. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what's going to happen is he's going to, the thing's going to start off with like, hey, young comedians trying to pick your brains. Welcome, welcome. But then he's going to start doing some racist stuff uh, with his, uh, I don't know, this, he's got this guy here with the, the bow yeah, tie. With the bow tie. And he's been with him for 20 years or something. And basically he starts shitting on him. Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean. And the room flips and they're against 
Carter's no George Clooney. That's true. I don't know what a, to be a George Clooney is. You got your friends. You know, your friends, you, you've been there for your whole life. You know, like my friend, he gave me money for my headshot back in 82. Oh, he kissed a black man's head. Oh, uh, yeah, look, there's Miles. He's not digging it at all. Yeah, he's not, like not digging it. And, um, yeah, so things will turn sour. He'll start pontificating about, uh, you know, two young kids. I mean, you didn't pay your dues. 